3: Welcome to Special Teams, a production of iHeartRadio. Greetings and welcome inside Special Teams. Jason Smith and Mike Harmon from Fox Sports Radio. Every week we take a look at a team and I put that in quotes because we get to play with the format quite a bit here on the show, one individual year in sports and what made them so memorable. With no sports having been going on this way for a while now due to the coronavirus pandemic. We thought this might be a good time to look back at some of the special teams in the years in which we had work stoppages and we didn't have any games. This will be the Major League Baseball Strikes and Lockouts Edition as we look back at two specific years in which the Major League Baseball season got interrupted at one point it got interrupted for the rest of the year and we look back and see what teams were robbed, what teams were set to have great seasons, maybe win the World Series, big time records that could have been broken so this is the baseball strikes and lockout podcast of special teams i'm jason and the man you're going to hear right now is mike harman
0: absolute madness we've seen it we talk about labor peace and take it for granted right because we talk about the giant piles of money and players and sometimes they stick their feet in their mouths uh, hi Patrick Ewing uh, from your NBA <laughs> sessions yes we make a lot of money but we spend a lot of money, Sure, uh, an infamous quote from the NBA world but all the mechanics of trying to put this thing back together and as we've talked about a lot with the pandemic trying to figure out how to get it back together again, what makes sense, what's the next iteration, how do you make it function, what's fair, what's right and how do you bring two sides together to say alright here how we're going to Frankenstein together a season. And as we're about to talk about, it it gets a little bit uh, odd.
3: So what was the first strike slash lockout we're going to look back at? The 1981 Major League Baseball strike, which began in... As many other seasons were going to. We had Fernando Mania. This is when Fernando Valenzuela made his debut and, you know, for people who were born later, what was Fernando Valenzuela, what was Fernando Mania like? It was kind of like what Linsanity was with the Knicks and Jeremy Lin a few Did years you. ago. When every time Fernando Valenzuela would pitch, look at this, who is this guy? He closes his eyes, he looks up to the sky. I mean, everywhere you went, it was about Fernando Mania. So you know, being a
0: lefty, I used to uh, pull out the uh, Fernando to the mound, that big windup.
3: Oh, okay, all right.
0: And you ca- still kinda... occasionally, one would get away, and a guy would have to wear it. Yeah. But <laughs> sorry, bust that one. I...
3: I'm doing my Fernando impression, but I got hit in the face. Yeah, sorry. I love throwing the ball like Fernando Valenzuela. It's what I do
0: never hit anybody in the
3: face. Uh 248 ERA,
0: all the complete games. I mean, just fantastic stuff from from this kid or so we were told he was a kid. Yeah, he was a kid but 30, it still
3: captivated the world. Yeah, 35. I remember what it was. So, Fernando Valenzuela debuting for the Dodgers on the West Coast, people didn't get a chance to see him. The mystery was there for him. It was awesome. Another big highlight before the MLB strike in 81. Paul and Rock Chester, Triple A teams, played a 33-inning game. A game that had to be settled a different day because they decided finally after 32 innings, we're done playing. It was Easter Sunday, and these two teams had to finish a game a few months later. And I'm telling you, I read the book Bottom of the 33rd, which came out a few years ago. It is one of the top three sports books of all time. It is so incredibly interesting because the the author goes into um, life on Pawtucket and what life was like, and there's stuff on Cal Ripken and Wade bogs and rich gedman and what happened to all the players playing in this game that went 33 innings and fans who were at the game and it's like you're reading a great fictional book about a 33 inning baseball game except it was real and i'm telling you I, i i read sports books all the time bottom of the 33rd one of the best sports books you could possibly buy and read it was it was just fantastic uh, and the thing is, I read it knowing full well I forgot who won the game. So I didn't go look up or anything. I want to go, no, ah, oh, I nice. kind of want to be surprised. And then as I read the beginning of the book, I go, Oh, okay. I think this guy is big for a big reason. All right, we'll get to that. But it is—it is like one of those books that John—you'd figure John Feinstein would write—and he would take all this time to do research on these teams. It is just that good. And this was 1981, Paul Tuckett and Rochester.
0: So the major. I used to go to the school library and I'd take out whatever sports book I could Mm -hmm. uh, to do book reports, and eventually they banned me from taking any sports books out.
3: Wow, you got because you never returned them. Well, no, Mr. Hartman, where's but your book like- on the 1919 White Sox? Oh, I still have it. Sorry. No, no, no. I, I don't it know, it know where it is.
0: It, but it'd be <laughs> like you just did a book report on the, the Yankees two weeks ago. Mm. don't care about the history of the insert team oh. here. It's like, no, you will. And I'm going to tell you why it's compelling next. Uh,
3: for three years, I did a book report on the baseball life of Sandy Koufax. Like, I know so much about <laughs> Sandy Koufax's life, because for three years I did it. And then one I, for the fourth year, I think it was like fifth or sixth grade, I went to do it, and I couldn't find the book. And I said, Mom, where's my Sandy Koufax book? She said, I threw it out, because I wasn't going to have you do another book report on that book. Read something else. I'm like... Uh, Okay. I mean, meanwhile, like I never read. I read all the time. I just wanted to do a, you know, book report on Sandy Koufax again, but she <laughs> threw the book away. I just like Sandy
0: Koufax. Uh, I mean, what do, you, what do you want from me? <laughs>
3: So the 1981 season begins, and the players strike on June 12th. This was over free agency compensation. The owners wanted compensation for free agents to sign in other places. In other words, kind of like the NFL. You trade a guy, you lose a guy, you get you get a compensatory draft pick. Well, the owners wanted compensation if a free agent, one of their players, went and signed someplace else. The players said, wait a minute, that doesn't mean we really have free agency. It's, you know, It's almost like a trade. So this is what they struck on. There were 50-plus games missed. And I'm going to tell you exactly what happened to finish the season here, and you're going to say, no way, Major League Baseball is not going to do that. No, this is exactly what they did.
0: No, but, Jason, I mean, remember, people are well well aware of what a guy like Rob Manfred doesn't do in the job now <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> between true. the Astros and Red Sox decisions here in 2020. So anything
3: else you say that a commissioner did – I got to think people kind of shrug at this point, and go, yeah, I'll buy that. <laughs> yeah, but this was easy stuff. It wasn't, well, I, well, Rob Manfred is easy stuff, too. So He had easy stuff. You, they did what? <laughs> the players strike on June 12th, and they miss 50 games before they recommence the season. What baseball decided was all those teams that were, were in first place on June 12th of the four divisions, because this was back when Major League Baseball was just NL East, NL West, AL East, NL, AL West. They were the first half winners. So these four teams that won the first half clinched playoff berths. So that means Oakland, the Yankees, Philadelphia, and the Dodgers. All clinch playoff spots, so no matter what they did in the second half of the season, they were in the playoffs. I mean, how insane guys is that? Going on three month vacation, we just decided to stop on the twelfth. Oh yeah, you're in the playoffs. Oh, that's awesome. Thank you so much. So Mode management. It was <laughs> it comes it, to baseball. It was insane, right? So now the first question is: Okay, what if the same team? Wins the division in the second half of the season That was a problem So Major League <laughs> Baseball decided Well, if a team wins both halves They would have to play the team Who finished second in their division In the second half Okay, so that that's how it went So you could win your division at the second half of the year But it doesn't matter Because you would still have to play the team That finished second in the second half That's how baseball said that instead of just picking up the season where they were and finishing (laughs) it. No, no, no. We're gonna do this crazy ass first half, second half thing, which doesn't make any sense. So that's what Major League Baseball decides to do. First half winners. I I want play the second half. I, I mean, how how do you? That's like something an eight year old kid would come up with. But like the the meeting to where this gets agreed to. I mean,
0: there's so many so many problems with it without even researching. Anything else? Just the all right. You win both, both halves. Do you, why don't you get a buy <laughs> instead of another yep. team? Hey, you know what? You get the bonus round because. This team dominated both halves. I mean, how does that make any sense? You still have to play. Oh, I know. Even though you're the best team,
3: but wait a minute. Who is it that said a couple, a couple like two minutes ago? You're not going to believe what Major League Baseball did, and and who was the one who said, "Well, you see what Rob Manford's done." I think people believe it. No, no, no. It's absolutely insane. You you came full circle in two minutes to my point. No, (laughs) it's look. I can still see how it gets onto the
0: table i just okay. don't see how it's not swept away yeah yeah that's true right, that's ha- that's the point i'm trying to make who's like a lot of other that? decisions yeah, that off like you know I used to, when i worked at yahoo years ago we'd be sitting in these meetings that would become two to three hours long and somewhat everybody got to have their say and they'd start an idea and after about three sentences you knew why it wouldn't work for 12 reasons So I'd cut it off at the pass. In my next annual review, you know what it said? What did it say? Stop being from Chicago. (laughs) California people don't work like this. You have to let everybody have their say. I'm like, I was at three hours and 15 minutes for this meeting, and I actually still have to get my work done, as opposed to a lot of these folks that just said, look, I give you eight hours, I'll see you in hell. I actually cared (laughs) that we were getting a job done, so I would live there if I needed to to make sure we got it done. (laughs) Sitting here in this meeting, listening to bad ideas doesn't work. This is a bad idea idea that should have never stayed on the table.
3: And, And here's how bad of an idea it was. Let me just take you through a couple. Couple of things that happened because of this. So now baseball is back in their play. Instead of just saying we're going to pick up the season and play another you know, they decide to take the schedule from where it sits. Right. So at the end of the year, teams play an odd number of games. It's not like everybody played 120 games. No, no, no. No, some teams played one or two more games than everybody else. And everybody played around 110 games, but some played 112. Some played 109. I mean, it, 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 how do you not even just have here's a schedule for the rest of the year to make it fair for everybody? Nope. We're just going to have everybody play whatever games you finish with, you finish with. I mean, that's what Major League Baseball decides to do. The Yankees, they win. Win the first half, right? This is the first time the Yankees have been good in a couple of years. The Yankees win. Gene Michael is the manager of the Yankees. Yankees win the first half. What happens over the strike? He is fired and replaced (laughs) by Bob Lemon for the second half of the season. So he wins the first half as Yankee manager and gets fired during the strike. Apparently, the Yankees didn't like how he struck, Uh, and so uh, you're going to come in. You're going to get Bob Lemon for the second half. I mean, oh, that's this was peak Steinbrenner. I mean, I mean, this is a guy that took over the Yankees, and and first thing he did was say the following players need to get a haircut, and they, they read out the numbers of the players, you know, and they were all cheering, going, ah, "I gotta get a haircut." But this is the beginning of Peak Steinbrenner. You're you're firing your manager. He just won the first half, and you're firing and replacing him for the second half of the year.
0: Look at look at that lineup they were fielding in 1981, though, just to go back down memory lane. Rick Saron's your catcher. Oh yeah. Bob Watson. Long hey, time. Respect
3: uh, Bob Watson. He did a lot of things for Major League Baseball after he retired. Long, long
0: time Exactly right? Willie Randolph, Bucky Blank and Dent, mm-hmm. Greg Nettles. This is one of my Stratomatic teams. Okay. Uh, Jerry Mumphrey in center field. Oh, yeah. Uh, with Winfield and Reggie Jackson on either side of him. And mm-hmm. then Bobby Mercer's your DH. Coming off the bench, the legendary hair of Oscar Gamble.
3: Mm hmm. And uh, Bob Watson, I think he scored the one millionth run in baseball history. If I'm not mistaken, I believe that is correct. He was, I think, he's on a home run, and I think it came down to the fact that, like, they knew the millionth run was going to be scored the next day. If I'm not mistaken, my baseball history, they knew the millionth run was going to be scored. And everybody was tearing ass around the bases to try to score. And I think Watson hit a home run in the first inning of a game. And he crossed the plate like 10 seconds before somebody else did, like scoring from first on a single. You know, because they wanted to be the guy to score the millionth run. If I'm not mistaken, I think that's how it went for Bob Watson. So
0: he scored from second on a three-run homer by Milt. May, Milt May, Milt May at Candlestick Park. But I mean, is that like, did he win a Wonka vision
3: kind of experience or? Yeah, I don't don't know about it. I don't know what he did. What do
0: you you get for that? Here's a,
3: uh, here's uh, your Laurel and hearty handshake. Bob Watson, congratulations. (laughs) So the Yankees fire Gene Michael. They fire their manager. The Reds wind up with the best record in baseball, 66 and 42. They don't make the playoffs because they finished <laughs> second in the NL West, the first half, and they finished second in, in the NL West the second half this is because their last game of the season they get knocked out because the Braves beat them bob horner hits two how how good was bob horner bob oh, horner hits two home runs and he yeah. scores a game winning run and the Braves beat the Reds knocking the Reds out they finished second in the first half they finished in the second half they actually had a uh, the Reds actually had a, like a, a, a Something on the field Of like a ceremony in which they had A banner that said baseball's best Record but you know they didn't make the playoffs They were trying to it's like the Colts when they celebrated AFC South champions and they Put the banner up a few years ago
0: Oh yeah when they when they made the uh, AFC title game and they, they lost But they still won a banner Right up. right right <laughs> <laughs> Colts yo and now They have that stupid C is For cookie
3: logo <laughs> So the Reds don't get to make it. Neither do the Cardinals, who had a great record. And we get to the playoffs and the playoffs are a completely separate story entirely. Wait till you hear how that turned out coming up next right here on Special Teams.
1: There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for
4: That's L-E-E-S-A dot com forward slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See Lisa.com for more details.
3: to continue on here on special teams as we look back at the last time we saw some sports that either didn't have a season or parts of a season or were broken up by a strike or a lockout. We're looking back at the 1981 Major League Baseball season. And when we last spoke, we were set up for the playoffs. Finally, the first half division winners playing the second half division winners. The Expos made the playoffs in 1981 for the only time in franchise history until the Nationals in 2012. Now the Expos back in the early 80s were so talented. I remember playing Stratomatic and, and other homemade baseball games. I always wanted to be the Expos because they always hit the ball. I mean, this was Gary Carter, and Tim Raines, and Andre Dawson, Larry Parrish, Warren Cromarty, Ellis Valentine, who had the half football helmet because he got hit oh, in the yeah. cheek, and he would have the half football helmet to protect him. I mean, the, all they did was mash the ball. Montreal was fantastic and time they made the playoffs so they moved to Washington in 2012.
0: That was a scary lineup mm-hmm. up and down. I mean just consistent hitters throughout that throughout that that roster and Jerry Manuel was on there. I got to give mm-hmm. a shout out to the old white Look at you going white Sox. Uh, That's right. Yeah. Uh and, and let's face it there were a couple of years that the Expos had in major league baseball history that uh you know you you could celebrate uh, a cast of all stars. So it's, yeah, and it's always
3: and it's always strike years for the Expos. That is right. That is right.
0: That is when they get had, they were at their
3: best. Yeah. Whenever there's a season that's going to be cut short or we have a strike. Yeah, we're going to be great. That's when the Expos are there. So this is the series they lose to the Dodgers in five games. Rick Monday hits the big home run in the ninth inning. The Expos actually put the tying run at second base in the bottom of the ninth, but the Dodgers get out of it. The Dodgers beat the Expos. The Expos go home. And I remember listening to this game in the. Car with my grandfather. I think we were picking up my grandmother from the airport, and my my grandfather. We were big Mets fans, both of us. But the playoffs are on, and I was rooting for the Expos because you know the Expos were were the, a new team, right? It's like oh my god, the Expos are right They play in Canada. How cool is that? But my grandfather grew up a Dodgers fan because obviously you know the Mets didn't come around until you know the nineteen sixties. And so we're listening to this game in the car and we're listening to game five and the Expos are up. And I'm like, oh my God, the Expos, and I'm excited. And he gets mad and he yells, at me, keep quiet in the back. You're only rooting for the Expos because I'm rooting for the Dodgers. I see what you're doing. And I go, no, I'm not. It's just the Expos are fun. And he goes, no, you're only rooting for them because you, you, want, you want me to lose. And I'm going, oh my God, this is a conversation I can't believe I'm having here as a 10-year-old kid. But yet that was the conversation. I was apparently rooting for the Expos just to spite my grandfather.
0: Well, I mean, some folks take things personally, and they need they need a they need a combatant. Maybe that was the thing. There was something else you did mm-hmm. that he was mad about but he decided to make it up out the Expos of the Dodgers. <laughs> yeah,
3: I'm sure I just forgot to take the garbage out, and he got you know <laughs> mad at me for that. I mean, so many things come around to... He would just work himself up all the time. He's one of those, those people that when he got mad at you for a little thing, it didn't matter, because the little thing would then mushroom. Like, I, he could say, hey, can you bring my glass upstairs and put it in the sink when you go upstairs? Sure, Pop. And then, like, you know, I won't go upstairs for 45 minutes, and I'll forget in 45 minutes. I go upstairs, I forget to bring the glass up. He goes, you've got to bring my glass up, and I knew... Oh, this is just the beginning And then it went from I forgot to bring the glass up To then like I forgot to bring the garbage out Then it was I didn't do good on the test And then it was something I did a year ago And I'm going I, When does it stop? Like how, how high do we go To when this stops? I mean I, where, 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 Where's the end point of this? It could come any time So I knew just the tiniest thing was it And he was mad at me But then Thankfully The Dodgers won And he was okay And then they were going to Go to the World Series And I was obviously rooting For the Dodgers then So then we got along pretty well So the Dodgers go to the World Series in the National League, and this was in the American League the first playoff appearance for the Milwaukee Brewers. This was kind of the launch of what would later on be Harvey's Wallbangers, uh, but not quite yet because he he wasn't the manager. But this was such a fun team, and and growing up as I did, hating the Yankees, I spent a lot of time. Look, the Mets were terrible, so it wasn't like uh, you know all the Mets, but it was always like really you were really rooting against the Yankees, so. I had deep deep knowledge of the AL East and all the teams that were really good and Milwaukee was so much fun because they were a lot like the Expos all they did was hit I mean this was Ted Simmons and Paul Molitor Cecil Cooper Ben Ogilvy, Gorman Thomas Robin Yount who was still a shortstop at this point Jim Gantner. I mean this was this was a team that all they did was hit and they made a big trade with the Cardinals that year to get Raleigh Fingers and Pete Vukovich who would go on to be a star of Major League uh, as first baseman. Uh, But this team, I mean, this was (laughs) it. As a
0: hitter instead
3: of... (laughs) (laughs) Going anywhere, meet about 90 feet. So this team was incredibly talented. This was the beginning of their run. They would get to the World Series but not this year. But all they did was hit. I mean, this was top to bottom. I, th- I think Jim Gantner was the worst hitter in the lineup and this is a guy like he would have bat third for the Mets. I mean, that's that's how that's how good of a team this was. You got MVPs and Hall of Famers on this team. It was insane how good they were in the trade they get to throw Pete Vukovich, You're throwing a number one pitcher and, and one of the best closures in baseball. I mean, I, I don't know how the Brewers didn't go and win in the World Series this year.
0: I tell you what, that that was you want to talk stratomatic teams? That was a stratomatic team to go to war with those couple of years there in Milwaukee. But yeah, I mean, talent top to bottom, and guys that maybe don't get remembered outside of Milwaukee as much as they should. But yeah, ultimately it comes down to one of those classic matchups and the the perennial powerhouses. Making it through what was a very odd season It's almost like he just said you know what This has been crazy but if we get To that series on the coast Everybody will forgive us and it'll be
5: Okay
3: yeah and that's that uh, look that's What happened Bob Lemon Manages the Yankees to the World Series Apparently yeah Gene Michael Couldn't do it so it was a key second Half pickup yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I got big news. We 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 got somebody new coming in to help us. Oh great, great! What is is it? Is it a player? Do we get? No, you're fired, and somebody else is going to manage the team. <laughs> Get out (laughs) So the Yankees make the World Series And and look, the entire world was expecting it to be Just like it was in 77 and 78 Three years earlier when the Yankees Beat the Dodgers four games to two They beat them again four games to two A lot of the same players for the Dodgers A few different ones This begins the Dodgers big rookie of the year run Fernando Valenzuela, Steve Sachs All these players they had who were great Mm -hmm. The Yankees were expecting Dave Winfield To carry them in the World Series And he had a horrendous World Series It was awful. He didn't get his first hit, I think, until game four. And I remember him asking for the ball. At first base, like the Yankees are losing the World Series. He doesn't get his first hit until the series is almost over. And he's asking for the ball. Can I have the ball? That's my first World Series. Can I have the ball? Can I have the ball? Yankee fans went crazy on him when that happened. Dave Winfield went from he is the toast of the town. He, San Diego Padres superstar who the Yankees get. And George Steinbrenner is, is, is talking about World Series with Winfield. He was the big get for them. And then he turned into Mr. May. That was Steinbrenner's big nickname for Dave Winfield was Mr. May was he was good during the regular season when it wasn't as important, but he wasn't Mr. October, which was Reggie Jackson's nickname because Reggie Jackson would come through in the clutch. So, again, this is peak George Steinbrenner and Dave Winfield bore a lot of the, the brunt of the criticism for the Yankees losing the World Series to the Dodgers.
0: Well, I mean, it's funny because, you know, you get off to a two game to nothing lead. So it's like, all right, you're cursing. Eh, unless you're not uh and for dave winfield famously i mean a guy with talent to play pretty much anything he wanted to in professional sports and was was supposed to be the guy and then eventually it was lead from him into don mattingly and they were supposed to tag team it and be beasts and had a couple of big years statistically but didn't result in anything uh and you saw it on full display here i wonder if he still has that ball
3: I'm sure he does. This is a ball that Steinbrenner won. Hey, see this ball right here? Uh, I threw it through Steinbrenner's window after the season. (laughs) Now, I was happy the Dodgers won. I was stunned because I really thought the Yankees were going to find a way to win. And putting a cap on this incredibly crazy season, the MVP of the World Series was Ron Say and Pedro Guerrero. And Steve Yeager. Three Uh, players shared the MVP in the World Series. Now, Ron Say, they all had good World Series. Ron Say hit 350, knocked in six runs. Pedro Guerrero hit 330, knocked in seven runs. Steve Yeager had a couple of home runs. He knocked in four runs. You couldn't pick one of those guys. You couldn't pick Pedro. You couldn't pick Ron. Say, I mean, you got to pick all three. It's, it's all three. Yeah, of them. You had four hits in the series. <laughs> he wins MVP. I mean, he's, he's I
0: don't get he it. MVP. I don't, I, I don't he understand. Had four, four hits and 14 at bats. Two home runs, four RBI, and he gets to hold the hardware. I, I, he's probably made a
3: lot of money through the years with that inscription. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. Are you kidding? Because People say, oh, Steve Yeager, are you that test pilot that broke the speed of sound? No, that's Chuck Yeager. I'm Steve Yeager, catcher for the Dodgers. And he was the one, Steve Yeager was the one who came up with the uh, throat protector on the yes, on, on the helmet. That's right. Because he got hit in the throat once. He goes, I don't like that feeling. And he's got. he came up with the throat protector. I I bet you he's a billionaire Because hopefully he kept the rights to it But he he should be a billionaire for that I hope he got the uh, patent
0: on that Oh, that would yes, the patent is always. If you didn't forward. get the patent, patent pending, patent pending. I mean, you got problems.
3: <laughs> I I can't imagine a year like that again happening in Major League Baseball, where that's how baseball decides to get through the strike and have this happen, and you have the best teams sidelined because you know they just had the misfortune to not be in first place the day of the strike and falling just short at the end of the season.
0: Yeah, no. Be- between social media and what is now sports talk, radio, and sports television, there's no chance that th- – because that's going to get leaked to someone for the te- as a test balloon, that that's what they're thinking of. Just like during the pandemic, you know, hey, we'll play baseball here. No, you don't like that? We'll play baseball there. <laughs> <laughs> and then we'll do this. You know, there were a couple of fun things in that 81 season surrounding uh, that are great historical notes, not necessarily tied to the strike. Go ahead. Can I I lay it out? Absolutely. Go ahead. All right. So uh, I'm going to save the best for last. Uh, July 11th. You and Vanessa Williams. Well, that's it. And I'll sing it later, too. Uh, July 11th, the Pirates signed an undrafted amateur free agent, Bobby Vanilla.
3: Oh. And who knew, 75 years later, the Mets would still be paying.
0: (laughs) (laughs) One of the famous contracts, uh, the Wrigley... Family sold the Cubs to the Tribune for uh, $20 million.
3: $20
0: million. (laughs) $20 Yeah, that's pretty good. All right, and I have one last one that you're going to love. Oh, boy. In the amateur draft in June, right before the strike, Mm -hmm. the New York Mets decided with the 12th pick to select a young fireballer named Roger Clemens. Instead of deciding to sign with the Mets, he decides to attend the University See, of Texas, Texas at Austin, Holcomb, become a Longhorn. Hook uh, And then later goes to the Red Sox in the, as the 19th overall pick in the 1983 Major League Baseball draft, and uh, the rest is history.
3: Yeah, that's that, that's how it works out for the Mets. He goes seven spots lower in the next. I'm going to go back. To, I'm going <laughs> to go to school and improve, and you wind up getting taken later, and you turn into a Hall of Famer. Yeah. Well, there alleged alleged Hall of Famer, well, Hall oh, of Fame, he's... Hall of Fame qualities, but not quite a Hall of Famer.
0: Don't even get me started on that (laughs) nonsense yeah. You know how I feel about all that
3: mess. So that's the 1981 Major League Baseball strike. Coming up next, what about the 1994 MLB lockout? Some things you probably weren't aware of that went on the year there was no World Series. That's coming up next right here on the Special Teams Podcast.
1: You'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with
2: Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK Systems X through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.
5: So we say goodbye to
3: the 1981 MLB strike and jump ahead to the 1994 MLB lockout which the regular season ended on August 11th. This was a story that has been chronicled many different times in many different ways over the past few years. We're going to try to bring you some things that maybe you didn't remember of what surrounded this 1994 season. Uh, It ended, as I said, August 11th, and it was a day that we knew was coming. This is when I was a production assistant at ESPN on SportsCenter. We covered the upcoming MLB lockout where the owners locked the players out every single day, the last game was an Oakland A's game and the very famous shot of the fan at the A's game wearing a jail suit uh, with the date on there like the players and the fans are being held hostage and being put in jail by the owners why there's no baseball uh, I remember we showed minor league baseball highlights on ESPN and ESPN two while the strike was going on uh, it, was, it, was, it was just what do we do for programming now we're in the middle of August football's not really starting we don't have a lot of football highlights to show well and let's show minor league baseball highlights so we did well and back then we didn't show
0: training camp footage ad nauseum like we do now Right, I mean, you didn't. You didn't have oh, you would get. Every you team.
3: would get like a three-minute whip around of, oh, here is here is Fred Edelstein, and here's 45 seconds from Raiders camp, and then here's Mark Schwartz who's at Rams camp for another 45 seconds, and and oh, this it's it's, it's going to be an, a training camp whip around. It's going to be you know two and a half minutes of Sports Center. Meanwhile, that's like an entire show now on ESPN NFL Live will focus on these three teams. But back then, that's what you had.
0: No, that that's it's just come such a, a long way. I mean, you you think about nineteen ninety four. I mean, pre internet, pre any of our social media fun, and they there wasn't not to say we didn't have the thirst for it, but it was one you didn't you didn't know what you wanted yet because you hadn't been exposed to it. Right.
3: It was well, yeah. It was it was, was a big like, where do we go? Baseball. Right.
0: Yeah, I mean, baseball was the daily, hey, you needed something for beat writers, and here's the latest quote out of the clubhouse or whatever else with football until it got in season, like, eh, whatever. Uh, and then most of that was carried, the torch was carried in each market by the local beat reporters from the newspapers. right? There's no sports. Sports talk radio is in, in its infancy mm-hmm. at this point. So y- you don't have the quote machines that you would And the arguments that you have now would be Hey, here's a little something And, and a little bit of a snippet And it would be a stock photo <laughs> That right. would be up on the screen <laughs> I mean, that's just the way it worked <laughs> Or here's video from last year You might remember this player
3: When they canceled the World Series There was a big press conference We knew it was coming And Bud Sealing put out a, an announcement On a piece of paper to everybody All the media who was attending And he wouldn't say the World Series was cancelled. He put out a piece of paper a press release saying the World Series is cancelled and he started off by saying okay so you've all seen the release Uh, let's talk about it now. He wasn't going to be the guy to say the World Series is cancelled because he knew that's what they would replay ad nauseum for him for the rest of his life. So he he, he couldn't own it. right? He couldn't own the fact. Couldn't be the guy to say the World Series is cancelled because I'm not going to have that be something that I am known for for the rest of my career. And now at this point it was a lost season for all of us, right? You, 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 you've you, heard many times Ken Griffey and Matt Williams were on pace to potentially mm. break the home run hitting record. Matt Williams had 43. He actually was better than Griffey. Tony Gwynn was hitting 394. Potentially he was going to hit 400. But there's three other stories that from the 1994 season that are worth getting into for a few minutes because th- this is stuff that people forget about. The first thing is that... The best team in Major League Baseball, just like it probably was in 1981, (laughs) the Montreal Expos. They were in first place. They were rolling. They were loaded. They had the best record. They had five all-stars on this team. They had Moises Alou, Marquise Grissom, Mike Lansing, who was really good early in his career, Larry Walker, Cliff Floyd. You got Pedro Martinez, Ken Hill, Jeff Facero on the mound. This was a loaded team. This is Ken Hill when, you know, he was Ken Hill. Oh, my goodness. Look at this guy. If he could just extend his arm all the way out instead of short-arming the ball, maybe he could throw even harder. (laughs) But this team was loaded They were in first place And there was no World Series So for the second time We have a stoppage The Expos are really good And they don't get to play in the World Series 74-40 and
0: at that time I forget what year it was I want to say it was maybe Two or three years hence Uh, maybe a little deeper into the decade. But at one point, there was just the huge graphic of, you know, between the two starting teams in this All-Star game tonight, uh, we could put together a full roster of Montreal Expos (laughs) alumni. (laughs) Right, Well, just one of those things where you just had star after star that moved on to to other occupations. I mean, for me, it was a huge summer because Frank Thomas was just absolutely mashing. The White Sox had 67 wins, and this looked like Team that could compete with the Yankees, maybe, and and, and battle for the AL pennant. Instead, it, it goes into the wayside. Right? Great. Frank Thomas gets an MVP award, but beyond that, it doesn't. It doesn't resonate to, to anything else other than what might have been.
3: So the Expos again get screwed. But now let's look at the American League West because. You examine this and you say there's no way this is mathematically possible. In first place in the AL West on August 11th now. So this is, a, this is a month and a half before the end of the season. The Texas Rangers were in first place. Their record was 52 and 62. They were 10 games under 500 and they were in first <laughs> place. The Angels... Were forty-seven and sixty-eight. All right, so they're twenty-one games under five hundred. <laughs> they're five and a half games out. All right, they're still in striking distance <laughs> with a month and a half to go. And this, the Angels have still been that team. A oh few years my later. goodness! <laughs> I, this is this is probably the worst division in modern baseball history. Your team in the in the middle of August, not even a five. I get where sometimes maybe the team is at five hundred middle of August, and all right, you know you, you make a big run at the end of the year to win the division, You win ninety some odd games, you win ninety. games. Games, you're a bad division winner you're 10 games under 500 10 games under and the Rangers were division leaders in the AL West.
0: And now everybody would cry, saying they shouldn't be allowed to be anywhere in oh, yeah, that playoff scenario. Oh yeah, yeah. You, How yeah. dare they? Oh, you can't
3: have them in. You can't be. You can't be under 500 with the division.
0: I mean, it, no. You, well, it's it's like the first and half, first and second half winners we were talking about before. <laughs> you you don't qualify. So there's a random,
3: <laughs> a random team gets selected. I'd like to think at some point somebody would have gotten over 500 in in that division, but I don't know, man. You're 10 games under in the middle of august i don't know that you get up there maybe you win 80 some odd game maybe you win 84 85 games and you win the division but you got to go on a huge run to win 85 games you got to win 30 of your last 45 games (laughs) to get there you're saying there's a chance oh i mean that's just i I, there there needs to be a documentary just on that that really is that's the worst division in modern baseball history
0: uh, and it's, the th- six, like everybody in the AFC East, <laughs> they yeah, got the
3: Patriots no. the last twenty. 20- yeah, but at least they Sorry, had the Patriots. The Low hanging fruit had boy. it there. Uh, the third story. Surrounds the Yankees Who are the best team in the American League Now this was big because This was the first time the Yankees were Really good in a long time Right? We go back to 81 They had won the World Series in in 77 and 78 Orioles go to the World Series In 79 and the Royals go to the World Series in 81 George Brett hits a three run Titanic home run off Goose Gossage To help win the AL pennant The Yankees get to the World Series in 81 And they lose to the Dodgers and then that's it And they hadn't been there in a long time. Like they hadn't been to the playoffs since 1981, the strike year. They would have been. In the playoffs, they likely would have had a a good postseason run because this was the beginning of the new Yankee dynasty that dominated from 1996 for the next 10 or 15 years. I mean, this was the birth. It didn't have everybody on the team. Obviously, Derek Jeter was a couple of years away, but you still had Paul O'Neill. You had some guys who, who formed the crux of the Yankee dynasty that began with the World Series in 1996. Now, the weird part about this is that Don Mattingly retired after the 1995 season, right? So we started with the Yankees after they went to the World Series. This was his year, right, to go to the playoffs. And look, Don Mattingly was the best first baseman in Major League Baseball for a few years. He could hit the ball to every field. Early in his career, he was a guy that could pull that. That when he pulled the ball was great, but he would hit lazy fly balls to left field. Then he figured out how to go the other way, and he would hit 330. And as good as Keith Hernandez was, and you know how much I love Keith Hernandez, Mattingly could hit better. I mean, Hernandez is a better fielding first. Hernandez is one of the best fielding first basemen in the history of the game. Hands down. Hitting the ball, Mattingly yep. was a better hitter. I mean, at that point, Mattingly he was more consistent. He could hit the ball to all kinds of fields. He plays one more year and retires. Mattingly comes in after they go to the world series and retires the year before their run, never getting to the post season. Forget about never winning a world series. Mattingly is one of the best first basemen of, of that decade. Plus never even got to play in the playoff game.
0: Yeah, no, that's, that's the, uh, one of the more amazing careers. I just remember following Kim and I mean, I was doing all the training card stuff and shows and, what got me hooked was at one point all the short printed Mattingly rookie and second year stuff that found its way off the back of rail cards into this, uh, shop we used to go into. Uh, so <laughs> we watched him keenly because we were invested in him and that deep crouch that he had. And, you know, whether he got hurt because of a horse play in the clubhouse, as some rumors they've denied, uh, or just that. That crouch came up. Remember Kevin Moss? Uh-huh. Uh Hit the same way, and once they changed his stance, he was never the same player either. Yeah, Mattingly uh, would
3: explode out, and you so you wonder if the, the right. fork torque on his back, because he would explode out and would actually increase his strike zone. And it was uh, to see him hit the ball that way. To be able to to time it the way he was, every ball was hit so hard. You know, it's not, not many guys can do that. Hit. Mm. No, and it's one of the gifts
0: that we had, right? We always talk about Boggs and, I mean, bow to the the altar of Tony Gwynn, who, I mean, was just a master at the plate. I mean, Tom Mattingly was that good. I don't think he gets remembered perhaps as fondly as he should because he didn't get any of that postseason glory, right? I mean, he won a ton of gold gloves just like your your guy, Keith Hernandez, of New York pretty much owned that, that uh, award part of the banquet. Hey, can we just give them to the guys in New York again? Cool, that saved us 10 minutes. Move on. <laughs> uh, so you had that. But, I mean, Matting- Mattingly was a hell of a player, and it's it's always sad that his timing was so bad on the front
3: and back ends of his career. Well, you mentioned bad timing, and this brings us to Buck Showalter, Yankee manager who never really enjoyed the success like he did early on in his managerial career. Now, Showalter left the team after the 1995 season, right? 1995 1990- 95 the yankees make the playoffs they lose that incredible series to the seattle mariners the series that everyone says save baseball in seattle this was griffey and a right it was a phenomenal uh campaign and the famous video you see of griffey scoring the game-winning run and jumping up after he crosses home plate so after that year was over this is still peak steinbrenner going on buck showalter is offered a two-year contract extension but he's got a fire his hitting coach rick down Right. So here's a contract extension. You just we nearly made the World Series. We got great players on the way. We got this Jeter guy coming up who's going to be really, really good. But you got to fire your hitting coach. Buck Walter said, no, I'm not doing it. And he resigned. Who doesn't do that now? Oh, you want me to fire my hitting coach to stay manager? Yeah. OK, uh, Rick, sorry, you're fired, dude. Yeah, I'm going to stay manager of the Yankees. You had a good run. Who doesn't Goodbye. do that? The Yankees. Especially with the Yankees. <laughs> The Yankees win the World Series The next year, right? So Showalter could have been there Because he's a good manager, right? Buck is a good manager mm-hmm. I'm sure they would have sure. won with Showalter, right? So he was he great Seinfeld, too he, he was Not as good as Keith Hernandez But that, no, that's okay No, of course not So Showalter goes and manages the Diamondbacks And the Diamondbacks have good teams, right? Remember the Mets beat the Diamondbacks To move on in the playoffs The Diamondbacks were good But eventually he got fired by Arizona got fired after the 2000 year where the Mets beat them and went to the World Series. What happened in 2001? The Arizona Diamondbacks beat the Yankees to win the World Series. So Buck Showalter was a year away from winning the World Series on two teams. And he wound up quitting or getting fired right before that team would win it all. I mean that's that's just bad timing.
0: That's bad luck, bad timing. Uh, you know, it's, <laughs> there's history's literally, I, I think we probably got a book or two out of just that topic, uh, as, as we talk about it right now, <laughs> but I mean, come back, uh, Luis Gonzalez you know, the man of all home runs. And then I, I don't think he
3: had a cheaper hit. Oh, and he fits uh, one. Yeah. Because <laughs> the, oh, the Yankees <laughs> had the infield in. You know, they were, otherwise, it would have been an easy out, and the run doesn't score from third. (laughs) You got it. That's how it works. (laughs) So, there is our look back at the years where strikes and not playing affected major league baseball jason smith and mike harman we are your hosts you can hear our show on fox sports radio every single night coast to coast 10 p.m to 2 a.m on the east coast 7 to 11 on the west coast if you have an idea for a future episode of special teams let us know at how about a Fresca. mike is at swollen dome we'll talk to you next week where we look back when there was no nfl games and if you thought the 81 season was crazy what do we tell you what happened in the national football league talk to you then Before you go, rate and review the show, whether you're listening on iHeartRadio, iHeartRadio apps, Apple, whatever it is. Give us a rate. Tell us you like it. We will love you forever and ever and ever. Special Teams is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.
2: Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh?
1: Yep. You know what this playground could use?
3: A wine country. Heck yeah! And some waves, so we could go surfing. Oh, my God. <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool.
1: I'm in. Ah,
2: ski slopes. Let's
1: do it. Um, ten girl go shopping. Yeah, baby!
2: Wait! Did we just invent California?
1: Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.
2: This is it. We've got an Amex
0: Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge.